Hello and welcome to the Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM. As always, I'm here in Waterloo, essentially existing, and Evan is up living the life in Kingston. How's it going? Also existing over here. Uh, first and foremost, I feel the need to congratulate Draymond Green. He's now 33,000 points away from being the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Um, our listeners may not find that significant, but I personally do. It's just a good way to start the show. Um, he also had like 19 assists the other night, I think, which is pretty crazy. Draymond's still like one of the sickest, like in his in his own right, coolest players in the NBA. Yeah, because um, I was going to ask, where do you stand on Draymond? Because I know it's kind of, people are kind of flip-floppy on him, whether they're, they think he's a zero, mm-hmm. he kind of just doesn't get stats like they kind of box score starers or do you think he adds value with what he does oh i i love draymond like the the classic argument first of all i think he's really good i think like prime warriors he would have had to be in like a top 12 defender in the league like right now i want to say the best the best i'm trying to think of the best defenders like in their primes like i've ever seen and as crazy as it sounds, I think Giannis right now is is, is I still believe is nuts. Um, but like Draymond during those series against he constantly amazed me. I, I I anyways, yeah. I'm a huge Draymond fan and for anyone who does like the classic, I can almost understand why, because of his skill set, like what would he imagine swap him for this player and see how good he'd be? Well, it's not the case. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't play on the Hornets. He plays on the Warriors with these players, with these coaching. So it's that's that argument doesn't exist to me. I mean, like I'm just looking at his career on Basketball Reference right now, and the stat head stat of the day kind of I think speaks to his value. It says Draymond Green has averaged at least ten rebounds, eight assists, one block, and one steal per the game uh, per game twice in the playoffs. That's kind of cool. Only um, one other player has done it. Can you name who it is? Say it again. Averaged over 10 steals, I mean, 10 rebounds, eight assists, one steal, and one block over two playoff series. I mean, over two, like twice in the playoffs in their career. Right. Um, it's recent. It's not a legend. I'll give you that. Like a recent uh, player. I don't know. LeBron? Yeah, LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, yeah, it's almost like, yeah. Um, yeah, Draymond's, Draymond's oh, wait. doesn't show up in the box. No. Yet. LeBron's only done it once with Cleveland in 14-15. Draymond's the only player to do it twice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good for Draymond. I'm The one thing that bothers me about Draymond, it's like more like it's kind of why Giannis bothers me probably so much, is that I actually do believe in his like all, like not tough attitude, but like no no BSing and, you know, he's, he's ready to like ride or die, but like that goes both sides of one of his boys. That's something that's you know doesn't make sense. Like he'll he'll also react to that. But like, why don't these guys fight? And this is me as a mongoloid saying this. Why don't these guys just fight anymore? Like the amount of times Draymond talks about like fighting someone and looks like he wants to fight is like he's averaging like three a game. Same with like Giannis too. Like at a certain point fight or else like it's not and this is uh, this is coming off super super mongoloidy very um uh what's the i don't forget the term um but like 
yeah, I'd, I'd like to see some more fights in the NBA. That's what I've been realizing recently. And maybe it's the transition from uh, football to basketball. Not that there are fights in football, but um, yeah, I'd like to see Draymond get in a couple crazy fights before his career finishes because he hasn't been in enough yet. I don't know. I think, I think, I think like that's just the way the NBA is. I don't, you see mm-hmm. in sports where fighting is allowed, players fight. In sports where fighting is not allowed, it happens a lot less often. I guess maybe you'd have a closer eye on it, but football, I mean, baseball, I, I've, I think you see like a couple bench, uh, bench calling br- uh, brawls a year. But yeah, I mean, you kind of get fined six figures for um fighting in the nba and many times i don't know i just don't think i think the guys are way smarter than that and it's never i don't know if it's ever been worth a hundred thousand dollars to either of them to initiate any of those fights no i agree my point is more just like if you're not gonna fight then don't act like you're gonna fight like you should like after you get fouled hard you should like stand up and like shake the other man's hand because you're not gonna fight him you know um i think it's a perception thing i think if people in the league have the perception that they will try to intimidate them or there's a lot of young players in the league who I'm sure are scared of Giannis and uh, Draymond Green. Yeah. I don't know how it would be possible to be scared physically of Giannis. Who's going to come and beat you up? Thanasis. Um, Yeah. I feel like this is this topic. The top gun NBA fighting is this, this isn't going anywhere, but like last thing I'll add, remember when NBA players and it's the clips are on YouTube. NBA players used to swing, like Bill Lambeer got swung on like four times every season, and there would be like, there's no more, there's there's still like the shoving. Like the last like really really good swing I remember it was like the Rondo, the it was like the Chris Rondo Paul Rondo, yeah Chris Paul exactly, Chris Paul Rondo. There hasn't been a swing since. Serge Ibaka got a couple swings in a couple of years ago too, but there there hasn't been a good swing in a while. I think it's really just been financially driven as far as guys being financially savvy and just understanding the but, repercussions. Yeah, but technical fouls cost money too. I mean, and players Draymond aren't seem worried about those, to be fair. No, that's my point. Players will happily yell in the ears of refs belligerently for five minutes straight, but they don't want to fight. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, I think we can move off of it, but just as far as like, as being like also a huge fan of hockey, seeing the difference in the cultures there, as far as accepting it, what players who fight are viewed as, how in mm-hmm. hockey it's viewed as a very like loyal and like great thing to, like, great thing to do for your team and kind of like a team thing to do and standing up for your star players. Yeah. NBA, the players too. who fight are talked about much differently. Yeah, that is true. The perception of players do change uh, based on those type of actions. Um, all-star teams got released, the full rosters at least. Um, in past years, it's felt like the second the teams have dropped, there's been like one big, oh, like, oh my God, what what a snub. Um, this year, it's like all the players are good. It's just... Like I felt like they made the right selections. Obviously, there's a couple places where where I'm not in full agreement. Obviously, there's like the Dame should start over Luca, but that's fan vote. It doesn't really matter. Um, but in the West, like they, I think they got it right. Like Donovan Mitchell probably isn't an All Star over some other players. Like Donovan Mitchell is not an All Star over DeRozan. 
Like, yes, they are the they still have the best record in the league yeah, at this best point. Record in the league. Yeah, by far. So they yeah, I guess they do deserve two all stars. And then like um Zion's been hooping lately. I'd 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 put Ingram in ahead of him. I, I think just not, recently, like Zion the point Zion we've kind of been seeing, power forward Zion. Mm-hmm. It's been unbelievable as far as playmaking and finishing. Yeah, and then like I'm not mad about the whole like Booker not getting it. He obviously deserved it. Um we knew he was we knew there was going to be an injury and we knew he was going to replace AD. And then on the east side, um obviously like the east side's tough. I'm really happy Vucevic actually got the nod. Sabonis was definitely the one who deserved to replace Durant. But like you're looking at Fred and honestly I, I the biggest one I maybe want to mention is is Bam. Yeah, I was gonna say Bam. Honestly, Man, Bam's, Bam's really, Bam's really really good. And the fact he didn't make in the East, it's kind of tough because Levine. The Bulls are bad, but Levine, like, he's been a great scorer for two years. But it's it's gotten to the point where he's actually probably a, a top twelve, top fourteen bucket getter in the league. And with honestly like not that much help around him, like teams are game planning on him. And he's still doing it. Like, I'm not in a year like this. I'm not terribly upset that he made the All Star team. Usually, I could get up, get maybe a bit upset over that. And then Randall actually deserves it too, which is funny. He's like, like efficiency, production, everything, and winning. Um, the last one would obviously be the like both Tatum and Brown getting in, but just because they're 16 and 17. But like, oh, so excuse me, I forgot. Middleton should be in the All Star game too. Middleton's That's amazing. how underrated Middleton is. Is that we both know he should be there, but we just didn't even think about it. No, but like, like seriously, like I, I'm about to potentially do some egregious things right now. He should be in the All Star game over Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Julius Randall. Vucevic and Sabonis. I genuinely believe that. I think Middleton's amazing. I think Middleton is. I, I agree with you. I, I feel like we're on the exact same page on Middleton. Yeah, but anyways, going back, tell me if you agree with me or not. In past years, it's felt like sometimes there's been like a selection where you're kind of like that actually makes no sense, and this guy actually did get snubbed. And it may be because the NBA actually just has so many good players and the numbers feel so escalated um, because of the pace of today's game. And like people are also just become way better shooters, way more efficient. Um, It almost feels like there's no there's definitely snubs, but there's no one. Everyone deserves to be there this year. Like the league is has so much talent. Like we said, like Fred could be there. Middleton should be there. Mm-hmm. Bam should be there. But I also don't want to, like, we also think Julius Randle deserves to be there. We also, yeah. like you said, we're not mad that Nikola Vucevic is an all star. He's been amazing on an extremely, extremely depleted Magic squad. Yeah. Ben Simmons has been one of the most, I'm going to say, the most versatile and lockdown defender in the league. Yeah, Ben. People be Ben Simmons is probably having his best year of his career. Same with Embiid. It's kind of funny how people in the East, at least, people seem like they were most upset with his selection. I'm not upset with any of them. 
but I wouldn't be mad if we expanded the all-star teams to 14 per side. Really? I kind of, I, I agree with that, but like, because there's enough talent and there, there always kind of ends up being uh, 14 all-stars because there's, you know, always more yeah. than two injuries. So that's that. But like, there's only 48 minutes in the actual all-star game. And I remember when I was, you know, when we were young Raptors fans and having DeRozan or Lowry in the All-Star game meant a big deal and waiting for, like, towards the beginning and waiting for DeRozan's, like, 10 minutes, like, was, like, the best thing ever. And he'd do nothing, but it was awesome. I don't think there's enough time in a 40-minute game to, like, throw in the, like, Levine's and Julius Randles and to, like, watch Durant, Kyrie, Harden, I just named the Brooklyn Nets, actually. MB, Gay Honest, do their thing. Like, I, I don't think there's enough time. But, yeah. It, Kemba played, like, 40 minutes last year or something. Kemba? Yeah. I, do you know what? I remember that because the East, the East was, or Giannis teams were, Giannis's team was so short on guards. Giannis only basically chose, like, international big man, Siakam, Embiid, um, others but lebron had all the guards and i think it was trey it was trey young and kemba starting for starting um for Giannis. but yeah no kemba i actually do remember that now kemba played a lot so did lowry um the last thing i kind of wanted to touch on the all-star is that maybe a reason that they have done us such a good job like this year is that the the reserves are like now just coaching and media and player votes. So like that also makes sense why we're probably happy. Like that's the reason why Trey Young isn't is isn't in this game, quite frankly, and someone like Chris Paul is. But I also find it because they released the rankings too. I find it neat to like whenever you get insight of who the actual coaches players and I some like top top line of the media who they believe deserve i i appreciate i appreciate that too because man if fans are voting i chris paul is not getting in the game nor is vucevic nor is nor is probably levine like that's that's kind of or maybe not even go bear stuff like that that's the side i appreciate about um the made this like these all-star selections too I, they have it down is what i'm saying yeah, no, I think I think they've done a good job with it for the most part. And mm. I mean, with the All-Star, I mean, are we expecting an All-Star game like we saw last year that had a thrilling end to it, close one by two game? Or do we think these stars are going to kind of be half into it? They're not excited to be there. They actually don't want to be there. And it's... Are we, are we, is that going to reflect in the quality of the game? Or do we think we're going to get the same type of, I don't want to say spectacle, but exciting mm-hmm. basketball game to watch? Yeah, last year's All-Star game was top five TV event of the year for me. I thought it was amazing. Everything about it was perfect, honestly. Uh, and except for the way it ended. It ended on free throws, yeah? 80 free throws. That was unfortunate. But... Everything about last game, last year's was so perfect that it's regardless of like circumstances now, it's hard to replicate. But I also, as much as these players are coming out and saying they don't, they prefer not to play, or it just may not make the most sense considering the current context. Um, once they're there, they're they're gonna do like 
you know, they're going to do like all, they're going to do all they can. They're, there's no way they're going to be sulking on the court. We won't, but like you said, we just won't see last year because last year was way too perfect. Um, I mean, last year was also, it was very, correct me if I'm wrong, it was very Kobe oriented. The, the teams yeah. were number wearing two and 24 and it was, uh, it was like up to 81, some weird They're thing. Special they're keeping that for this year, by the way. Oh, yeah. And they sh- they're keeping the same format. Thank God Chris Paul came up with that because it's perfect. Chris, um, I mean, just two seconds. We don't have to go into it at all. But Chris Paul has done such a great job with the NBA Players Association. Yeah. As far as everything that's happened for the past couple of years while he's been in charge, it's. I feel like he's t- made the right call almost every time. Every time, like literally in the past two years too, between the bubble, um, and yeah, like we just said, the All Star Game. He's I he's probably like the best spokesperson. He seems like one of the best spokesperson the NBA's ever had. Oh, I hope I hope he um continues on the NBA PA because he like he's also just like he's got a right like you can tell more than other NBA players is like. The head on his shoulder is just correct. He, he, he's probably a bit too competitive, but as he should be. Um, I mean, you're an NBA player. If I feel like yeah. to be Chris Paul, you can't be any other way. Yeah, like look at what got you. Like what got you here? I agree. Um, other kind of NBA stuff that is is coming up. Uh, dude, I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn games recently. They're really good. I mean. Like, real, like really, really good. Did you see that um, clip of Kyrie and Harden the other night where I, I forget who uh, came out and said the quote, but it was essentially Kyrie went down into the corner, did a billion dribble moves, jacked up to the three. And before it went in, uh, Harden says, can I have this dance, Kyrie? And Kyrie just yeah, goes swish. Uh, it was, yeah, Kyrie Halliburton came out and um, and kind of said that. I'm, I'm going to look for the exact quote. Uh, but yeah, I they're not playing with uh, KD earlier in the year. I thought they were really, really awesome, but they weren't showing enough on defense. And maybe they, I don't know, they didn't seem that well rounded. They just seemed like they were getting by on talent. But and this may just because we like everyone all the time just underrates James Harden. Whatever team he's on, they're just gonna have a really good shot at winning. Like, man they're playing good enough defense like they're playing so together and um what was i gonna say (laughs) and they like they have enough we were talking about like their defensive depth and their big man they got enough to make it work like james again we forget james harden has to be one of the best post defenders in the nba regardless of size regardless of size you can't back him down i forget Kawhi was trying to a bunch of times the other night and it, it totally did not work. Um, but between that, like DeAndre, like he's, uh, we're not calling him good at this point, but he actually does give you 15 decent minutes every night. Like he'll see, he still makes plays at the rim. Um, Bruce Brown though, I, he's really emerging. Like he's, I, I looked up it up on basketball reference. He's six, four. And he's playing this like crazy, like he's not playing the center position, but he's like, he's playing like the, the cutter, like dive in, like stand behind, beside the basket roll. And he's getting a bunch of offensive rebounds too. And in between like old man, Jeff Green, 
who everyone loves, rightfully so, and Timothy Luabu Cabro, who I think has one of the silkiest jumpers in the league. Every time he shoots it, it's go. I swear it's going in, even though he's like not that good of a shooter. I admit, the more I watch them, the more I think I ha- they have enough, especially if they're playing defense. No, it's it's been honestly great to watch. And what do you think the future holds in terms of the long-term vision past this season? Um, it's a good question. All their, all their main guys are locked up. Joe Harris, Kyrie, Harden. I mean, Harden's going to be a free agent eventually, actually. And Durant are locked up and all seem like they want to be there. So you got your core four. And honestly, between, like, there's enough talent there to kind of for other guys to be taking minimums. Um, So they'll probably in the future, their roster will just end up looking like LeBron's, like, LeBron's version of friends is like Tristan Thompson, um, Jr. Jr. They he they follow him where they go. Like the the Nets version of that could just be Jeff Green, like and players like that that we're kind of just not thinking of right now. Um, but no, they'll be able to get uh, guys on minimums. They don't have any draft picks, obviously, but their future will be looking like this season. But as I just said, if Bruce Brown and Luabu Cabro kind of continue playing well. Uh, Tyler Johnson isn't even bad, and I think he's like I. He got that one big contract in that crazy summer, and is just to me never played well. Uh, but he's he's not bad either. Um, I think I think their future looks the same as this year. But I on the Nets, we I, I, when when will people give start giving Harden more credit for like just how good he is? I think it's crazy. No, Harden has been the player that, quite honestly, I partially accused him of maybe not. This is ridiculous even saying it now just because of how good he is. But we were like, who's going to sacrifice? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? They're all going to want to do 100 dribble moves. I mean, Durant has sacrificed the most, but Harden Mm -hmm. has completely changed the way he plays to make this team work. And like, yeah, and he, I can't believe he I looks, underestimated him. It feels I feel ridiculous at this point. The best part about it is that he looks happy doing it. I like we kind of missed a happy James Harden, and he should have been happy in Houston. And like we had, we've gone on about lengths of why we felt like it was maybe his doing. Like it didn't work with three like all stars. Maybe at a point that becomes more you. But it's nice to see him happy again. And he's really fallen out of the like i feel like we can generally agree it's like lebron k lebron and katie are just at the top it's for for me it's for me it's that way and then like gayonis and Kawhi are very very close behind in that second grouping like everyone wants to put Harden like behind steph at ad i don't know man i think i think out of the, the next grouping, which is probably kind of looks like, like like the Steph, uh, you know, Harden AD kind of category. I think Harden's at the top of that. I we seriously underrate his game, and also as like he's not old, but, like he's been doing it for so long, and he's gonna do it for longer. He has he has years more of this. No, and the the like the next couple of levels we're gonna see of Harden's game. 
in terms of when he has to like change it as he gets older and his body changes. He's got all the tools there to make it work in whatever way he needs to make it work as his body ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, his like natural strength is never going away. And I think that's one of the assets he has that maybe not everyone recognizes as a huge asset. Larry's the same way, but it's important and it really helps you, especially as they age. And on that point, as far as on on Lowry, is I want to kind of bring up the idea that's been floated around and also shot down, but just kind of the split on how you develop your roster in terms of the Raptors trading Kyle Lowry. I mean, on one hand, uh, one side says Kyle Lowry, he's been an integral part of this team. Uh, We've traded away every single main kind of face of the franchise player we've had has either left us or we've traded them away. Do we want to have somebody who can stick around to continue to help maybe in the front office after he's done or somewhere around the team and keep it a culture way? Or do we want to think more analytically and make the most value out of this asset while we can and that value is turning him into a younger player or some draft picks or something with potential and giving him to another team and kind of losing the culture and the mentality he has brought to the team throughout his career here? You asking if we should trade him or not? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, like like you just alluded to, it's like there's a lot of heart that goes into this decision and not just brain. But I honestly think combining them both, the answer is no. Um, the biggest reason to me is that you don't, there's nothing that says you need to trade a trade a player just because their contract's expiring like there's nowhere in the like manual that that says you're required to do that the raptors are 500 they're trending upwards i there there doesn't seem like that much of a reason to trade them and i i honestly don't appreciate how there's been so much attention and i know people are always looking for storylines especially because the raptors release so little information but like the guy who reported it, Tim uh, Tim Bonaps. I'm not. I don't remember his name exactly. Like he he's he's a Philadelphia like beat writer. Like he's not, you know, like he's not. He didn't get this information from Toronto. It's totally speculative. So I'd like to chill on the the trade deadline's March 25th. I believe. I think so. I think that, I'll have to that would make check. sense. It's 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 March 1st. I actually don't even want to talk about this topic for two more weeks. Like right now there, there isn't a reason to trade him for me at least. No, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page because I'm even discounting the fact that I don't think we should trade him because of the position we are in, what it means to continue to win as a franchise and having a winning franchise. Even if you are, I think we have the enough young pieces in place where we don't need a rock bottom and with that being said, we haven't had any. We've like Vince Carter left us. Uh, mm-hmm. We traded Demar. Kawhi left us. We can do right here and have somebody who can stick around and be a face of the franchise going forward and going on forever. He helped and was a huge role in winning our championship title. We can retire his jersey into the rafters with pride, and have. I think that like as much as it is would be nice to maybe get like some sort of young piece like a Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thybulle from Philadelphia. I think it means more to the 
this sounds so, this like it goes completely against analytics, I guess, but it means more to kind of having him him around and that kind of jobs not done mentality that helped bring us that first championship and it be ingrained as a part of the Toronto Raptors history. Yeah, no, the benefits of keeping Lowry are far more than his on court value. And you can say that about a lot of players, like how, but like, it seems like it really, really, it feels like it really, really applies with Lowry. Um, even to have him there, like to continuing with Fred, I like if Lowry's willing and this season is this season, I actually think the way the trade is going to end up working is I don't think it's going to be based on the rappers at all. I think Lowry's quite literally just going to at some point say like either yes or no to the trade, like either, yeah, I'm down. I want to win more or no, I don't. But um, even like, keeping him like for two years after like he's gonna be good for another two years like i know it 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 puts you in this awkward medium position and we're already spending a lot of money on the core we have like there's nothing right now that is telling us to like get rid of him there's like no like usually in the nba there's there's this pressure to get rid of your stars like oh they're not going to sign back or, oh, you have to get value out of them while you have them for future. But, like, there shouldn't be any pressure for the Raptors. At least I don't feel like there should be. So I think I let the good times roll. Um, and, like, I wouldn't even be shocked if Lowry's in a Raptors jersey next season. In the season after. Like, it doesn't seem like he wants to leave. And it doesn't seem like the team wants him to leave either. I just, this is this is definitely, and it maybe irks me because, like, Lowry's the best Toronto athlete we've ever witnessed in our lifetimes. I think that's fair to say. I mean, the only other different, as far as since he's had his time to have his career here, I'd say Austin Matthews could overtake him mm-hmm. just because he is debatably. He's a top five player in the league. He's a top five player in the NHL. He, debatably yeah. number one. Yeah, but the Leafs, yeah, no, we're on the same page. He just they haven't won yet. They haven't won. They, nothing's been proven. Yeah, like as much as it's biased, like I actually believe it or not, I don't want to see the athlete I grew up. Um, I don't want to see him gone. Like I just stop. Exactly. Stop. I I was upset when we traded DeRozan. Oh man, that was I a was, weird. I wasn't How, happy at all. I like I was I was. I thought it was ridiculous. Like, as I'm obviously, I'm happy about it now because we won the championship. But I was furious. I was like, wasn't even happy about it. I didn't even care. All I cared about was that Tavares signed with the Leafs at that moment. That's funny. So, I actually, interestingly, I, I love the DeRozan trade. Um, man, we got so much value out of it. Think oh, about good, good. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We, we traded them. We traded DeRozan for Kawhi, and we kept it. Like, he, we didn't go anywhere. Um, shame we got rid of Jakob Pertle because I swear if there's one player who isn't like an all-star who if there's one contract I'd like to add to this Raptors team it would be Jakob Pertle's right now his presence but um, I was upset about the Valanciunas trade that one man I was I was pretty down bad after Valanciunas got traded I, was, I loved Valanciunas but at yeah. the same time I also love Marcus All, so I wasn't that choked up about it mm-hmm um, I saw a crazy, speaking about Raptors trades, I saw a crazy, you know, Bleach Report loves doing their like 
real the article is realistic superstar NBA trades you'd never see coming. They're like the kings of it. I saw a trade. I'm about to pull it up. Okay. <laughs> Nuggets receive Pascal Siakam. Raptors receive Porter Jr., RJ Hampton, Gary Harris in a 2021 first rounder. How funny is that? I saw that. I saw I I was looking at that same article. These yeah, I kind of they're so they're almost like addictive. They're like they're like the like basketball version of I don't know, TikTok, whatever people are addicted to these days. They're so addicted to read and they're all the same and Bleacher Report comes out with like four of them every week. I know. They're they're the kings of it. Would mm-hmm. you take that trade though? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, no, I, I, probably not. Probably not. I, I mean, is Michael Porter Jr. really better than Siakam? No, I just don't. I've never seen. I've watched Porter Jr. and been like, wow, that guy is talented. He looks like the most talented guy on the floor. I've never watched him and been like, wow, like he's going to be like a perennial all star player one day, though. And sometimes it's like you can almost tell. Like it's just not up there mentally. Um, I just don't. I don't think it's all the way there. Also, like he, Malone, sits him for stretches, not because of his offense, because of his defense. Um, the first couple times I like I watched, I was always confused. It was like, worst comes to worst, this guy can just finish possessions with the ball in his hand, and he can hit threes. He's long. Why does it like? Regardless of what night he's having, have him out there for 30 minutes a game. The more I watch, the more I realize the not even the effort. Sometimes it feels like players on defense just aren't all the way there. He's not all the way there on that end of the floor. From what I've seen, I'm no, I'm no great evaluator, but just from what I've seen. I mean, he's admitted he's not great at defense. It's no secret. Yeah. But it's like, isn't that annoying to you when like the tools are all so clearly there and Andrew Wiggins gets accused of this because there's potentially obviously he could add 10 pounds but Wiggins has like the most perfect defensive he has the perfect NBA body really and you just like the mental and it's not even effort sometimes it just feels like mentally it's not all the way there and that's actually how I felt I'm the biggest Terrence Davis stan I'm glad they freed my boy um no face no case but like he hasn't has he is it been just me or like he's not looked all the way there mentally either these past couple weeks he's made some big shots though i mean just on the topic of defensive i I think it's no secret that i mean just based off some of his takes throughout the bubble and on coronavirus he he uh, believes in some things that let's just say the general public generally doesn't believe in Mm. is terrence davis an anti uh anti-vaxxer I don't know if it was, I don't want to, I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was more related to anti-masking. Oh, who cares about that? Um, yeah, you're just, you're just wrong. Um, who was, there was a bunch of, so Dwight Howard was the big uh, uh, anti-masker, yeah. I'm trying to think of other big. I'm pretty what, sure what, it, was, it was Michael Porter Jr. Too. Yeah, but Michael, bro, Michael Porter Jr. is like a conspiracy theorist. He's they're, like, it's all the QA non stuff, but I don't feel like we need to get into that now. No, but it's kind of interesting because there's definitely a correlation between. I mean, we just listed three players who, I mean, two of them careers are young in Davis and Porter Jr. 
But Dwight, we just listed as the other player who was kind of anti, and they're all kind of uh, mentally, uh, they're all over the place. I'll say that. Not even in a bad way. They're just, they're their own. They're their own cats. Yeah. Now on this topic, I'm looking 10 biggest conspiracy theories in the NBA, in NBA history. And did you used to uh, look on Bleacher Report? And like when you were in like grade school, when it was like they, it used to be like not media or it was media. It used to be like not journalism. It used to be like just lists, kind of like BuzzFeed. Yeah, dude, I found the craziest list: ten biggest conspiracy theories in NBA history. Um, I'm not gonna list. Okay, yeah, I'll list ten (laughs) (laughs) because they're so ludicrous, man. Out of all ten, let's let's see, let's speculate if any of them are right. Wilt Chamberlain, dot dot dot, gay question mark, no way, comma, right question mark. Neither of us are there. This is Bleacher Report. This is Bleacher Report. Number nine, the woman in LeBron's life. For the past, I'm not going to read it. Um, the Seattle Caper. Uh, uh, the big three had planned it. The 2010 and 11 draft lottery. Yeah, people people think the uh not just the Knicks Ewing draft lottery was rigged. People think the 2010 and 2011 draft lottery was rigged so that Cleveland could get LeBron back. You ever hear? You ever hear that? No, I never heard that one before. Because there's like the you know how people we're getting deep into conspiracy NBA conspiracy theories now. None of what we say is true. But you know how people always thought that um like David Stern and Michael Jordan were in agreement that he was just gonna take some time off. I don't want to speculate because it was gambling, but he probably did something that wasn't great. So he was gonna take some time off and they they kind of agreed on a return date. I've I've heard of that before, but like I said, there's no there's no evidence backing it. Yeah. So there's no evidence backing this one either, but I actually do find it's interesting. Some people think that uh, Stern works like that same magic with the 20 and 20, 2010 and 2011 Cavs picks. They're like, all right, let's get LeBron out of here. He's not going to win a championship. This isn't good for the NBA. This isn't good for sales. This is not good for LeBron's legacy or career. We'll put him in a place, or we'll, rather we'll let him decide a place where he's going to win a championship. But we're gonna give the we're gonna give Cleveland first overall picks for him to come back and make a small market team like a huge thing, which worked out uh, after the Cavs won the lottery. Khan, uh, who's an executive, said the league has a habit, and I'm just gonna say habit of producing some pretty incredible storylines. It's pretty cool to me. I think David, yeah, people people always accuse David Stern of being like this crazy, crazy mastermind and whipping up some crazy things. Um, four is Jordan's gambling debts. Three is Chris Paul trade getting vetoed. Two is the folded envelope in the Ewing draft. And one is company men on the floor, which was like um, all about what's Rapping. his name? the refs um fixing games yeah i mean the only one i like like is maybe the chris paul trade but 
mm-hmm. as far as him, him not going to going to the Clippers instead of the Lakers, right? Yeah, I'm gonna read this because I've never looked in. I've never heard of this. Dave this has been a tough GM of the Pelicans. Essentially, yeah. this has been a tough one to sort out, and there are a few conspiracies to be had here. So let's take a quick look at everything going on. First, there's the idea that NBA owners had something to do with David Stern vetoing this vetoing this trade, mostly propagated by the letter that was leaked from Dan Gilbert to David Stern. I had no clue of that. So I guess the owners were upset, and being that the Lakers were team, sorry, the yeah, the Lakers were which franchise was the NBA owned the Pelicans at the time or the Hornets. Yes. So yeah, so it was in the NBA's power to essentially veto the trade and or make the trade go through. Actually, um, then there's one thought that Stern was clinging to Paul for the Hornets so he could sell the team for more money. That actually makes sense to me. Uh, and now the thought is that David Stern was so upset after hearing about the trade that he vetoed it immediately because the Lakers were doing what Stern didn't want to happen post lockout. He basically took over the team and made. What happened? Wow, Bleach Report used to be crazy. The spelling and grammar is terrible on here too. That's that's actually that will, the Chris Paul trade it will probably be interesting to look back on in however many years. I hope. I guess yeah. I was about to say I hope a lot of like what if David Stern had this like he was like right before he i mean he he is dead but right before he died he just had this like tell all like oh yeah man jordan jordan used to put big money on games uh lebron like we fixed all lebron's games because i think david stern's a crazy crazy he's a crazy businessman one like one thing but i think that relays into like i i I swear he always did some like undercover things to make the nba so popular i because i don't know how he did it he turned the league around we Sorry? can't. I was about to say we can't bash too hard on to Aaron Davis, Michael Porter Jr., Dwight, and then have a fifteen-minute segment on conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we kind of can bash on those because there's, there's there's some a- good cons- there's some good conspiracies and there's some bad conspiracies. We are not harming anyone with our conspiracies. I don't think. No, I don't think uh, we're taking down anybody's reputation about speculating about. The Chris Paul trade. No, hopefully not. Hopefully Chris doesn't hear this and get upset. If he does, I apologize. Yeah, no, Chris, we're on your side. Mm-hmm. Going back to NBA All-Star, and we'll get to it because the window of this week, we're, we're going for jerseys. But I heard they were doing like events during halftime or pregame. Like the three-point competition yeah. and the dunk competition. I... I back how they're making it all in one night because I hated like Saturday night has felt pretty useless for the past however many years. There's been like two good dunk contests in the past eight years, but I I don't understand like who's going to participate. Like, are people? My question is, if there's no Rising Stars game, like, are rookies going to come just for the dunk contest, or is like Joe Harris just going to come for the three point contest? How is that going to work? I think that's how it's working. From what I've taken away from listening to Duncan Robinson's pod, I don't know if he's announced to do it or not yet, but I think it's just players are just coming just to do the events. Really? That does not seem like it's worth it for them. 
Absolutely. I, I don't know. It could, I, I mean, some players like Duncan talks about how he wants to do better at the three point contest. He wants to keep trying to do it over and over again. I mean, for some guys, I think it's a mark in their career that they want to hit. Yeah. Also, if you like grew up, all these guys grew up watching the weekend too. That's, I guess that's actually a big part. I'm now I'm speculating dunk contest participants. I, Obi Toppin would be a cool one, but why? It, it, it should be, it. It, oh, yeah? Confirmed? 100%. Hmm, who knew? Um, what if it's just like they're like, okay, en- enough is enough? Like it, this year's dunk contest, LeBron, Gayanis. Um, I guess I'd be down to see Donovan Mitchell in it again. Not really, actually. This year's dunk contest is just LeBron, Gayanis, Kawhi, and. I don't know, another player. All right, so Obi Toppin likely to participate, my bad. That's pretty good. Did he get invited or? I mean, according to uh, DraftKings, he's expected to participate. Uh, the dunk contest will be, um, I don't know, Shams tweeted it out. He just said okay. he's expected to participate. Shams, so Shams. I think that's the truth. Yeah, Shams is enough for me. If it's coming from Shams or Woj, I'm, I'm good. Shams or Woj could lay out whatever conspiracy theory they wanted on Twitter and I'd probably believe it. Um on that topic, we can we can get into the we can get into the jerseys if you would if you'd like. Yeah, so window of the week this week is NBA All-Star jerseys over the years. Mhm. Uh who wants to crack this one off? I'll let you cuz I'm All curious right. what direction you're going to go with. Actually the first two picks seem pretty easy, but then after that I'm curious what direction we'll both go in. Go I've got though. I'm not going to lie, my draft board is slim. I've got four picks that I want and then the rest I'm not the rest of the jerseys I'm kind of mixed on, but we'll see how this goes and I doubt I'll be able to lock it up, but I don't think we will. So I'm going to go with my first uh NBA jersey is the 1996 NBA All-Star jerseys for one reason, because when I was a kid, I thought these, I don't know why I thought these chili pepper jerseys were the coolest, but I just thought they were the coolest jerseys around. I don't know. I, maybe it was the colors or the basketball on the jalapeno. I'm not sure, but they spoke to me as a kid and I loved them. One of the first things that got me into basketball. And another reason is it was uh, MJ's first game since his retirement uh, from basketball. His first retirement. Yeah. So, yeah, first of all, like the teal color on the East jerseys are just electric. They're amazing. Second of all, I, and we'll probably touch on this later, but I like when the All-Star Game jerseys are designed to the, like, the location they're being played in. Yeah. And so this one was perfect. It was at, it was the Alamo Dome. It wasn't even at, I don't know where this, I'm not sure where this yeah, was. San Ant- it was the Alamo Dome for San Antonio. Yeah, which is awesome. And then the jerseys are quite literally perfect. Um, also, I, I think crazy shoes were, I think this game is kind of notable for having crazy shoes debuted in it. I know Jordan debuted the Columbia Jordan 11s. Um, I think the air pennies were also, I want to say Pippins and air pennies were also kind of released. The one also remember, remember, remember the one. Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate it. Um, I think Shaq like destroyed David Robinson on a dunk in this game, which doesn't happen all that. Like a, a big man on big man all star dunk it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that was that seems like the like like just the the easy first pick. But man, the teal is electric. 
I'm glad we're on board with that one. Yeah. So second, um, my pick is kind of like the same as yours. I think it's like the clear number two, in my opinion. Um, uh, the, it's the 1995, so just the year before. Yeah. I will say this. It, it, it kind of felt like 1996 jerseys copied 1995 jerseys flow. You know, they're a bit their style a bit. They're kind of the same. They're not the same thing. They're kind of the same idea, though. Um, this game was played in Phoenix, and they got the like, they got the cactus logo looking good, is what I'll say. There's some teal in there, but again, the purple, purple jerseys from the '90s are all electric. The Raptors jerseys, the Jazz jerseys. So I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to. There you go. <laughs> I'm trying to think of more, and I can't. Um, yeah, just good, good stuff, breathtaking. Um, but I don't think Jordan didn't play in this all-star game. No, he was still retired. Yeah. I'm looking at the MVP was Mitch Richmond, the 2k God. Yeah, no, I'm looking. Yeah. I mean, we still had, uh, Pippen in it, of course, George Hill, Larry Johnson. It looks like I'm just looking at the photo. I don't see the names. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, back to back for me here. Um, I kind of. I almost want to pick this jersey because I think you'll pick it. And they, they, in a weird way, they kind of mean something to me. I'm going with the 2016 um, NBA All-Star jerseys, the Toronto ones. I found at the time, it was like we the All-Star game happened at the perfect time for us. We were in like grade 11 of high school. And I honestly thought it was so cool to have all the NBA players come here, especially because like, it was like the perfect like mix of Toronto and Canada basketball rising at the same time. But again, I like when the jerseys are designed uh, to kind of represent the place where it's happening. And these jerseys had the, uh, had the little bit of CN Tower, a little bit of Canada action going on. I really like the West red and white. The East blue are also nice. Also notable Kobe's last, uh, Kobe's last all-star game. Um, just some, yeah, like just some good looking jerseys. So yeah, no, that's my pick. No, I'm totally on. I was you're spot on. I was definitely picking them. I mean, yeah, for all the reasons you just mentioned, it's there's no not much more I need to say. That that pick felt right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with my next pick, um, I think I'm gonna go with. I mean, this is tough. I've got a couple in mind here. I don't think you're going to pick either of them. So I'm going to go with uh, 2003. 2003? I'm trying to so think 2003 what? is a callback to kind of the more original um, that, jer jerseys that happened in the right when the All-Star game started. I kid you not. That's the that's the one. That was my That's my second favorite. But I, I was really? going with the Toronto ones because I liked them more. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I think they're I think they're great. I love going back to the retro, even though, I mean, even, like exactly, even though they're going back to something that was already done, bringing it back, great idea, never fails. Love the mm -hmm. pick. I mean, it was also MJ's last All Star game, if that means anything. Yeah, and if yeah, they basically brought back the jerseys MJ wore in his first All Star game, which I think was the freeze out game. Who'd they? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, brought it to him for his retirement which yeah no I, I i love it too um it's so simple it literally just says nba all-star and their number which is correct and i i appreciate the simplicity too the red white and blue look is also amazing yeah no i definitely i'm definitely on board with them 
And for my next pick, I I think I'm going with oh uh yeah, I'm gonna go with nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. What were those saying? Those were the stripes. So it was uh two red stripes thick right down the middle, and then the, the stripe on the belt of the shorts with the stars going down the side of the shorts and then the vertical stars. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. That that's di- yeah. Diagonally down. I mean it's I think it's just a great jersey as far as being creative. They were taking a leap with this one. Some of the guys who played in there were iconic. Larry Bird, Julius Irving, just to say a couple names. Elvin Hayes has an iconic shot from that that still sticks around to this day. I love I, I think it's a great jersey as far as just look. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it is a good looker. A good looking jersey. There's no there's no doubt in that. Um, I'm well, drawing on the Elvin Hayes though. I think I'm just, just double checking the rosters because I didn't I had to confirm it after I said it. But that's okay. Um, my next picks. Hmm. 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 I I before doing this, I was like, all the vintage ones are the best. But it looks like I'm t- going to take two recent. I don't know why I like them. It, I I it's just me. But um, I know what you're going to pick. I love I like the lone number on the jerseys. I like the I like the 2015 All Star jerseys. Oh wow, they're so simple. They're just black. They're just black and white, and they had the numbers. I just thought they were they look. I like when jerseys look good on players too. That's another part of it, and I thought they looked good. But I'm curious which one, which ones you thought I was going to take. Well, I'm going to pick them next. Okay, you do you. Um, what don't you have one more though yeah 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 no i'm joking um so the jersey i'm gonna pick and i now can't find what year it occurred in but maybe it was let's see i I should try to find it so what you can go you can go now and i'll go after all right so i'm gonna pick uh 2013 and uh they're not like they're kind of crazy looking jersey as far as modern flashy but i think as far as emulating what an all-star is i feel like these jerseys almost look like make them look like superheroes as far as having the stars and the stripes and the i like how they had the east and the west very uh plainly across the thing everybody looked uniform and looked like a real like it looked like almost like an aau type team jersey but i thought they were exciting and fun at the time mhm yeah I'm not mad about that. I'm still trying to find. Oh yeah, okay. So this one's the 2002. I like that pick. Sorry, 2002 NBA All Star Game. There were no All Star jerseys. The West were their dark unis, and the uh, East were their whites. And in my opinion, a lot of people think the 90s was the best time for NBA jerseys. I think it was the early 2000s. The Timberwolves jersey is awesome. The Kings jersey is awesome. The Rockets jersey is awesome. Even the Lakers jersey were looking good. Like the Charlotte Hornets jersey is awesome. Like Jason Kidd in the Nets jersey, awesome. Even like Jermaine O'Neal in a, in a uh, whatchamacallit, Indiana jersey, pretty awesome. Bucks jersey is awesome. I, I love the idea. And on court, it looked so cool to me. I just, it was simple. It was, it was a good idea. I don't know why the NBA would do that because it just doesn't sell jerseys, but I, I conceptually amazing to me. No, I agree with you. And the only reason I did not pick uh, this All-Star game is because when you pick these teams in 2K, 
there's some teams like the Lakers who have don't have a white jersey necessarily. And they Ooh. have two colored jerseys. And then all of a sudden, you got a guy in camo running around on the other team. And th- things just get hectic and out of control. So for that yeah, reason that. only. Yeah, that's I'm not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought good draft. We left out a couple good ones. Like the Magic, the jersey where, when Magic came back to win um, the All-Star MVP was a good one. But other than that, I thought we did a good job there. No, I think we covered all the bases and... I had to reach a little bit further down on my draft board than I wanted to, but, you know, I can't get them all. Mm. And with that being said, you are listening to The Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM. Have an electric morning. And you're listening to JB on CFRC 101.9 FM. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addington in offering confidential quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388.